best mothers in the room. I'm Casey. I'm the mother of Bo, a 23-month-old baby boy. And I'm Tristan. I'm the mother of Nellie, a 20-month-old baby girl. We're the kind of gals that didn't know if we were going to have babies or not, but then we did it, and we're here to talk about it. No, we are not professionals, so don't take our advice if we give you any too seriously, because we are just here to talk about the perils of parenting. Yes, but please, if there's a subject you'd like to hear us speak on or something you would like to share with us, let us know. If you're a cat that wants to go outside, <laughs> shut the fuck meow up. at us. <laughs> <laughs> meow at us at Mothers at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, meow. Meow. Uh, meow. 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 Uh, uh, tell us whatever you want. We are at Tristan's tonight, if you cannot tell. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Nellie would not go to bed just now. Yes. That was horrible. That was That's our biggest takeaway, guys. But before that, we're going to go ahead and tell you that we have a guest tonight. Ooh, I remembered. Mainly, why did I remember? Because we've already recorded the guest <laughs> just before this. But we have um, a wonderful guest named Sam. Uh, she's coming on the program to talk about depression before you conceive and how you can deal with that if your goal is is to conceive and have a baby. Or even if it's not how to fucking deal with depression. But um, the main reason we got around is because there are people out there that are like, well, I can't have a baby. I'm depressed. I'm on medication. Guess what, friends? You can. It's all possible. And Sam's here to talk to us about um, such events. Yeah. So, so good. So honest and good. That fucking cat. Excuse me. One moment. All right, guys. Now that Tristan's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. She can still hear me. It has been a while since we've Mm -hmm. recorded. A Mm -hmm. hot while. A hot while, partially because last week... Um, I was stuck doing some crap at work and then I got home to find out that my cat was out in the wild and we don't know for how long. We don't know if she got out at 7am when we left for work, 9am when Bo and the babysitter went out. The previous night, perhaps. We don't think so there was no sign of a breakout. She must have no. slipped out no. at some point. No, no screen was broken. She went out through a door. Through double doors. Hmm. Go Miss Mayor. Yeah, I guess. But she came back and now she is like the most clingy cat I've ever met. Aww. Like she used to sleep at the foot of the bed and now she sleeps about at my waist. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cute for five seconds, but I am a tosser and a turner. I never hold still. So I'm always like, oh God, I got to keep moving. And the cat's always like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping dude. here. I'm like I've moved like this the whole time. You just been down there where you didn't notice. Like <laughs> I cannot hold still. Foof sleeps at my feet, and so I have not slept in a straight line in, like, two years. Like, oh. I just sleep diagonally or with my legs, like an A. Oh, so, no. Or a V. I don't know what the line would be of the A. Yeah. Him, I guess. He's your, the A. Your big the, penis. My big sideways, <laughs> my big horizontal wiener. Well, it goes so far down your leg, and then it has to go oh, over. like, curves, yeah. God, my dick is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, uh, um, but you got the mare back. She's back. The you mare found was her. back. She was in the neighbor's backyard. Uh, so we collected her there. No harm, no foul. I love that that happened, or, or not that that happened, but you talking about it happened just after I put the cat out, my cat outside. Yes, your <laughs> cat doesn't have that instinct to like 
bail like yeah it's like shit what's going on out here yeah where my cat's like let's go but then she gets out there too far and apparently then she panics because what happened was the neighbor found her like crouched down hiding scared underneath a tree in their backyard and their backyard's fenced in so we would have never found her oh did they take her in no no no. oh they just found her there and they were like hey and they're like hey they are called. you looking for a cat this woman's voice is hilarious because she's like Hi, I found your cat. Um, she's underneath a tree in the backyard. Um, you can just come over whenever you want, get her. That's her voice. It's a pretty good. Is impression. that the all in the you'll family never, lady? You'll never know from that. Yes, or Edith uh, Bunker. Edith Bunker, which then uh, was used by Family Guy. Oh, oh Peter. Yeah. Oh, Peter. <laughs> Oh, got that sorted out. Good. Um, yeah, it's been a while. We mm-hmm. both got a year older. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to yes. us. And I actually saw Casey at music class on her birthday. Um, Bo and Nellie are in the same music class now. And it was on my actual It was birthday. Casey's literal birthday. And she came birthday. in and was like, hey. And I was like, hey. And we were just like chatting. And Casey's like, how was your birthday? And I was like, blah, blah, blah. Talking about my birthday. Doody D. Anyway, something else. La, la, la. And then Casey later was like, oh, oh, yeah. I wish I could go to brunch tomorrow. But I have to go. I'm, you know, going to pick up Bo. And then we're going to do a birthday brunch. And I was like, huh. <laughs> So that's today is your birthday, though, because I actually know your birthday very well. I just don't know what today is or something. <laughs> she wasn't aware of the current date, even though our friends married that day. So she probably was aware of the current date. I was. I was just distracted. No. And I had even been like, oh, I, you know, have to like first order of business when I get to Steve and Nat's wedding is say happy birthday to Casey, but forgetting that I would see you in the morning. Yes. So morning Casey was just... Yes. A different Casey. So in her mind, my birthday <laughs> didn't start till 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the best part is, I really, truly don't give a fuck. It was just like, <laughs> because our birthdays are so close, the 10th and the 13th of July. I don't steal our identities. Don't steal, don't find us. Our social security numbers are also <laughs> very close. Um, just thought that you, I don't know. I don't know. We always like recognize each other's birthdays. Plus, we're also friends. So there right. it is. And our birthdays are close. So it's just like a thing. And so when I came in and she started talking about other stuff, I was like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. And then we started talking about other, other stuff. And I was like, you know what? I bet when I first walked in the door, she said happy birthday and I didn't hear her. Tristan's that good a friend. That's probably what happened. (laughs) So I was just like, I'm going to acknowledge it as she said it and I didn't hear it. And so I'm probably the asshole that didn't say Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure when I first walked in the door, she said it. And then we talked about other things. And then once we talked about the birthday brunch, all of a sudden, Tristan was like, oh, my God, I'm an asshole. And I was like, oh, my God, I was wondering. <laughs> I was totally wondering. Uh, stupid. But I didn't even see you on your birthday. And then uh, you gave me a birthday card on your birthday. Sure, but and I, I had didn't. it for you before <laughs> my birthday. I had it for you for your birthday, and I didn't see you until my birthday. In my birthday, we saw each other twice because we had music class and Steve and Allie's wedding. Your birthday was the middle of the damn week. Yeah. Nothing was going on. I didn't see you. Um, I wasn't able to give you your card on the, that day, but you sounded like you had a pretty good 
day you chilled out. Yeah, that was sort of my three quarters of my win. Maybe it's all my win. I don't know. I have kind of a little other win. This is, I'm, I'm just going to go straight into my win. Please. Because I just said win like 80 times in a row. So my birthday was on Wednesday. And I, I have maybe once ever worked on my birthday. Like usually I'm like, I refuse. Oh, I will take that. the goddamn day off. I am not going to work. Even though. I like my job a lot, and I like the people that I work with. But I'm just, <laughs> and then you work on your birthday, and you're always like, "Why did I do that?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, though my boss came in on my birthday, and he had like emailed a few days before and been like, "Are you going to be on your birthday? I'll take you know, I want to take you out, la la la." And I was like, "Nope, I'm going to stay home and do nothing." Actually, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my birth, so I, and usually Chris takes the day off too, but then he had to take the day off on Friday for the rehearsal dinner because mm-hmm. he was in Steve's wedding. And so he Steve had been Hunt like- Steve Hunt of Inferior Men. Yes. Um, and Chris Torrey of Inferior Men. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, do you want me to take the day off for your birthday? And I was like, I mean, if it is the slightest inconvenience, do not worry about it. And he's like, I mean, it's kind of harder because of Friday. I was like, take it off. I mean, don't take it off. Go to work. Take Nellie to daycare. Take it off, but also <laughs> yeah. take Nellie to Go daycare. Go to work. Take that baby and leave me here to die. No, not to die. To stay alive, but be one year closer to death. And... Do not expect the house to be in any better condition than it was when you left. I would like to lay in my bed, watch my Netflix, eat some snacks, oh my God. and be left to my own devices. That's amazing. And I actually did end up doing like a little laundry or whatever. But I just feel like whenever I stay home, even if I'm sick or something, I feel like I have to take advantage of... Just do one thing. Of like, yeah... Well, I feel like I have to do a lot of things normally. So my caveat for the birthday was there are no expectations mm-hmm. for this. Like, but I'm then not eventually you're like, all right, fine, I'll do a little laundry. Yeah, it was like it would actually make me feel better mm-hmm. to do laundry. I feel very good, but it would be rewarding mm-hmm. to do this laundry. So I will so then it. when Chris and Nellie got home at like, what time did they get home? 5.30? Yeah, like 5.30. Then what did you do? Then I gave Nellie her dinner. And hung out with her and played with her. And did I open my presents then? I might have opened my presents while she was having her dinner. And then put her to bed. And then, oh, my one task for the day was that I had to go to Whole Foods and get the ingredients for the meal that I had demanded for dinner from Chris. Which was filet mignon and scallops. Oh, snap. And So fan turf. And then, yes, the very both... And yeah, so then Chris made them, started making them for me while I put Nellie to bed, as usual. Um, oh my God, it was so fucking good. Oh. It was, a, I was like banging on the table. I was like, this is delicious. Oh. Chris is a very good chef and I fucking love steak and I fucking love scallops. Oh, just, just <laughs> like if they're done right, it's amazing. Were there yeah. side dishes involved? Um, what did I get? Oh, I got cauliflower, roasted cauliflower. And that was all I wanted. Most of the time you're like, I don't have room in my stomach. I went... My, my cow? And yeah. Scallop. Yeah. And I got, like, I got a nice red one. Cool. Not that one. Um, trash one. Not that <laughs> trash red one. Um, yeah. And it was great. It was really, it was Amazing. a really good birthday. And I did not feel guilty that I sent everyone that I loved away from me. 
You shouldn't. You absolutely shouldn't. Everyone should get to do exactly what they want on their birthday. I happen to be different on my birthday where I want to be more social and do all of the things. Yeah. Like laying at home all day on my birthday would not be appealing to me. Maybe slightly more now that I'm a mom. Like, cause like when's the last time I woke up and then just moved to the couch and watched TV and yeah. like literally like can't name the last time that happened and it sounds very appealing yeah but when it comes to my birthday i'm a little like ah, you know what i'm want to be active i want to see people you know like our birthdays in the past before we had kids we do like karaoke or do whatever and especially because well your birthday was on wednesday mm-hmm. mine was on saturday yeah so party automatically party it's day. like opening everyone's off work we're doing things our friends were getting married so for the past I don't know, nine months, we knew exactly what we were doing on my birthday. (laughs) Yes. Um, And some people, like when I tell people at work, oh, what are you doing on your birthday? Like, I'm going to a wedding. They'd be like, oh, bummer. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Bummer if it's like random second cousin. You've never met their spouse. You're going to know like six people there, dumb fucking whatever wedding. It's not that. It's two mutual friends <laughs> that got together after I've already known them. And we had friends visiting from New York, North Carolina, Ohio, like all over the place that were coming to this wedding. It was like, oh my God, open bar. Two friends getting married, open bar, friends from out of town, friends from in town. Get Free dinner. Free yeah. dinner. Get dressed up. Great. Like, no complaint. The wedding also started late enough in the day that I got to go to brunch with some other friends. Mm, good. Um, earlier at Lady Gregory's before we went home and, like, rested and got ready for the wedding. So, boom, 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 boom. And you boom. had already disposed of your child for the said I wedding. I dropped that dude. Oh, yeah. This is a mothering podcast, right? I should talk about that. <laughs> so, um, then at brunch, then it was like, all right, Bo's about to take a nap, so he's got to go to... Annie's going to Annie's and Papa Dean's. So he went to my mom's and um, I had already worked it out with Mark that he would take him and I would go home and start getting ready because obviously it takes me as a woman longer to get ready for this mm-hmm. wedding. So I'm like, yeah, you take him down there. So I said bye to Bo and it was a little sad. I was like, bye, buddy. It's my birthday. I'll see you later, okay? And he was like, whatever. I'm like, I'll see you in 24 hours. So we... All right, speaking of wins, I've got a shit ton of wins. Oh, nice. Partially because it was our birthday week. But the first is the morning after my birthday, um, the morning of my birthday, July 13th, Saturday, when Bo was still with us, he managed to... Oh, speak- yeah, he's dead now. Bo's dead, you guys. No, God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Bo was but Bo's, still, Bo was still with us. Huh? Um, he slept till past seven. Mm. We slept till past seven nom, on nom, Saturday nom, the thirteenth. That has not happened in like months upon months. I don't know when this last happened. That an actual weekend when we could both have the opportunity to sleep in. He slept till seven. Amazing. Couldn't believe it. I was like, does he know it's my birthday? This is insane. Um, the next morning, the Sunday, he wasn't even there. <laughs> he was at Annie's, so we slept in, and of course, like. Now we're parents. So I was like sleeping. It was like, I slept till eight. I woke up and was like, I'm going to look at the pictures on my camera and my phone and Mm -hmm. lay in bed and drink coffee and do that. And then I think Mark woke up at like 830. Mm. Like fine. Amazing. Um, The other 
when related to my birthday was on my birthday, I was like, Bo, I had put this video on my Instagram. I was like, hey, Bo, do you want to say happy birthday to mama? And he went, nope. That's his new thing, <laughs> is nope with a really long P. Like, hey, just say, happy birthday, dear mama. Nope. <laughs> All day Saturday, nope. All day Sunday, I go to my mom's, they sing happy birthday. My nephew, Dexter, who's uh, eight months older than Bo, is like, happy birthday, Casey. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Oh, uh, we all sing happy, they all sing happy birthday to me. I blow out a candle, the whole damn thing. Bo, nothing. Literally this morning, Tuesday, July 16th, 2019, I'm literally just eating my breakfast in the kitchen. And Bo looks at me and goes, happy birthday to you. Oh. <laughs> what? what? Not only does he just say happy birthday, in re- happy birthday to you. To you. I'm like, what? <laughs> I think it was because I was eating a muffin that my mom had made for my birthday. Uh-huh. And he maybe recognized the muffin or something, but he just looked at me dead in the eyes and said, happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, that is Thanks, so man. Cute. You're four days late at this point, but I really do appreciate oh, yeah. it. And then he was like, more muffin? He's also share. That's what we are now. <laughs> oh, share. Share. Share with Bo. <laughs> share with Bo what, buddy? Share with Bo, please. Oh. We're working on please and thank you pretty hard right now because she yeah. she's not coming upon it naturally. Mm-mm. I don't know. I thought babies just learned to say please and thank you without them, you telling them. Incorrect. Uh, but yeah, so Nellie's, mm-hmm. we're working on that right now because I do love manners. Oh, we're trying I on I love it. some etiquette. Trying on it real hard, dear. Um, my other win is... Nellie knows almost her whole alphabet. <gasps> so wow. pleased. She doesn't know like the song. Like she can't say it in, or recite it in order or anything. But with she loves flashcards, as we know from daycare. That's amazing. And you can she does she knows but them she all. She doesn't know like a, a a soft A and a hard A. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, but she knows them all except like J and K give us a little trouble. That what might about be it. Q. I was thinking about Q. She knows Q. Q was throwing me for a loop the other day. So I was like, Q, you don't do the sound without the U. Hmm. What does a Q sound like without yeah. a U? Yeah. It's just a K. Yeah. And it you looks weird. Like- it's just an O with its dick out, you know? O with the big swinging dick. <laughs> Correct. But yeah, that's the only thing. She's just wonderful. Mm. Um, she also says Elmo now, which is not a win necessarily, oh. but, uh, it just related to Bo, oh. but she says Elmo when she wants graham crackers because he's on her, uh, uh, what is the brand? <sighs> I died. So it's not related to watching him on TV. No, no, no. She's never seen him on TV except for that one time when Bo was watching it and she was like, Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but he's on, we call them Elmo crackers cause he's on the front of her graham cracker box. Aww. 
Um, so that's great. You're doing a better job than we are about avoiding the whole video thing. Like, he wow. still, he'll watch some Elmo. But that's about it. She, I mean, I just don't want to open that can of worms right now because, like, the couple times that I've let her watch, like, videos of herself, as soon as you take it away, it's a fucking meltdown. So I just, like, I don't want to start it. Mm -hmm. It's purely selfish. Like, I I just am like, I, it's just a nightmare for, like, an hour Mm -hmm. after you don't let her watch a video. Mm -hmm. So I would rather just not give her the option. Right. Though we may have to whip it out because we are flying on a plane on Wednesday. Oh, no. Yeah. Thursday. We're going to need to get them videos out. I mean, I mean there are definitely extreme situations, and that's not going to rot her brain if you let yeah. her do that to, like, salvage the dignity of everyone on a plane. It'll be worth it. Yeah. If if the wheels fall off, I am definitely willing to to take it out. I, I want to start with that. Watch, <laughs> watch this video. Watch this video. I definitely, I don't, I don't want to start that way, but I'm happy to end that way. Mm-hmm. If, if that's what it comes to, that is just fine. You can't whip out a tit anymore. No. And I didn't, the last time we flew, I mean, I was breastfeeding and I tried it for a second, but it just like didn't work. Oh. And, that's, uh, Bo's only been on one plane. It was when I was still heartily breath, breastfeeding. So that was, yep, all right, here we go. Every takeoff and landing. So now I'm like, what do I do with him? Elmo crackers. That's the Also, the he's new about to turn two and we don't have any flights coming up. So next time he flies, oh, he's you paid. That motherfucker gets a seat. And he's you have to bring the car seat. seat, right? The car seat has to be in the seat or no? No. Oh, oh I think. He just has to pay for a full price seat. Like a man. Discount, yeah. So his flight costs as much as mine or Mark's. I mean, I... I am angry for you, but also it makes sense. Also, I'm like, Especially can I, like alter some online things, like do some Photoshop and be like, nah, he was born in October. <laughs> but then, so you just want him on your lap for the duration yeah, of a the, flight? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. I'm like, he's going to be insane. Also, we have no flight plans, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. The worst thing we have is like a plan to go to a baseball game. After he turns two, and it's like, oh, we have to buy him his own seat for the baseball game. But uh, it's like maybe they won't notice. I don't know. He's so mobile and insane that I feel like everyone's <laughs> like, he's over two. And I'm always like, no, he's not. <laughs> so when he's over two, no one's going to believe me that he's not, you know, because he's a monster man. He's not a monster. He was but like in a good way. He's always like, rat. Like he walks up the stairs like, Right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. Now I'm just like, holy shit. That's crazy. He was actually much calmer at uh, music class than I thought he would be. Yeah, he was kind of taking it all in. Yeah, he was like chill. And then that other fucking kid. Yeah. Fucking Errol. I'm not even going to call him Baby E. Like I give give Nellie's daycare children, Mm -hmm. classmates, Mm -hmm. The courtesy of doing. Nope, this kid's Errol. name is Errol. Yeah, which there's tons of those babies, so it's anonymous enough. <laughs> All named after Elfin, I'm assuming. I didn't get to tell you because when you Errol, when when you came in, I was like, that kid's a maniac. Yeah. 
And and then he kind of was. He I mean, was he wasn't maybe, horrible, like, but kind of a cute way. Like he wanted to be affectionate, so I was kind of like, oh, like he'd come up and like hug me and be like, hey, are you in on singing this? And I'd be like, what? A, yeah, I'm like worried with my own kid though, mm-hmm. bro. Um, so, but he wasn't. I don't know. Something about him was kind of affectionate. Yeah, I think I was just paranoid of him because the class before. Or the first class, I think we... No, this, so, yeah, the class before, um, he was, like, making all the other kids cry. Like, he was, like, Ugh. hurting the other kids and taking things away from them. And I was like, oh, good, he stayed away from Nellie. And then at the end of the class, there's this part where they all go up and hug the teacher. And he just came barreling from the cross the room and just laid Nellie out. Like, oh. just, like, she was upright and then she was flat. Oh, my <laughs> And I was like, this fucking Errol. Um, oh my God. And his mom was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Ah. And she had already apologized to like four other mothers over the course of this class because like, she's like, oh, I'm trying not to be too like helicoptery. She said that? Yeah. She didn't say helicoptery, but she was like, I'm trying to not. Let him explore. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting because in our class on Saturday, she didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, hey, Errol, come back. I mean, Errol was way less of a pain in the ass in this class, even though he was still. But but when he came over, I was like, <gasps> and like yes. stiffened and was Not ready to like watch. push him away. I was like, you just, don't like, touch my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was this other kid. We went to the playground. Oh, God, I hate children. Um, mm-hmm. Did I say that too quietly? Like, God, I hate children. Um, Nellie was like just going down the slide, minding her own business, having a good time. And then she was like sitting, waiting for this other boy to like play through or whatever. Mm. And he just turns around and walks up to her and kicks her in the leg. Oh my God. And his name was August. Ugh. So all these like historical names of the arts. Ugh. Can get fucked. God damn it. I was like. And that parent didn't even apologize or anything. They oh. just went, August? Oh, God. If F. Scott comes <laughs> around, just punch him in the throat. Oh, fuck these little children. Mm-hmm. But, like, if Bo ran up to a child on the playground and intentionally kicked them, wouldn't you be like, we're going home? I would freak out because <laughs> he is a little bit of a physical dude. Lately. Yeah, but he's not aggressive. He's just excited and he right. runs around. Uh and when we were at brunch at my mom's house on Sunday for my birthday, he was getting a little aggressive with Dexter, who's a little bit more of a chill dude. Mm-hmm. He is eight and months- a bigger boy. Yes, he is bigger because he's eight months older, but he's not as physical. So Bo wants to play, so he will like tackle Dexter, <laughs> and then Dexter was like, Dexter's like, "Oh no, Bo, come on." No, Bo. Does he really oh. say "come on" like that? I, yeah, I mean he's that's very charming. He's very verbal. <laughs> yeah, he's a little over two and a half, and he's got my brother as a dad. Like yeah. he's just like whatever, dude. Um, he's like, no, Bo, Bo, you okay, man? You okay? <laughs> Does he and, say man? Uh, yes. <laughs> and Bo's like, yeah. Is he a stoner? Bo's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, you need to be soft with Dexter. Doc- Dexter doesn't want to play so hard. Okay, okay. Okay, but then he'll tackle him again. So I get that, but it's also like you need to check in with your kid 
and make sure you're on the same page and they're <laughs> slowing down and help them if they just tackle someone and you're just sitting back on a bench like <laughs> not paying attention and like fucking smoking your jewel like yeah. that's not helpful or if you're like ugh this always happens this oh, is yeah, typical this is august Blah. yeah oh god f scott please <laughs> Chauncey. <laughs> Chauncey, why? Chill out. Ooh. Ugh. Disgusting. Anyway, I hate children. Well, my other win real quick before we get to your fail and not mine. Cause yeah, just your don't. only wins for Casey. Um, is so as we leave in the morning, every once in a while, it'll be hard for Bo for us to leave, right? Especially on Mondays where we've spent the weekend together or a long weekend together. It's like, no, 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 da, da, mama, mama, can't let us leave. So we've started this thing, which unintentionally has led to it being much easier for us to leave like every day. And that is if you go to your bedroom window, you could watch us leave when we go outside. So then he goes to the bedroom window. We go downstairs and get our bicycles, come back up, get our bikes to ride to work. And he says, bye, waves goodbye, gives us the I love you, sign language signs, says hi, looks at us as we put our helmets that's on. So sweet. And rides away. So we've been doing that and be like, oh, okay, that's better. Not realizing that it really helps the whole fucking picture. Because then all of a sudden if he's, he's like, no, no, mama, no, mama, no, no. I'm like, you want to go say goodbye in the window? Yeah. <laughs> all right, go to the window. Yeah. And then he goes to the window. And the absolute best time was, so this is, he's going to the window with like my mom or the babysitter or Mark, depending on who's leaving when. So one morning, Mark was, uh, I was leaving fairly early. Mark was still there. A babysitter was not there yet. But Mark had to go to the bathroom or take a shower or whatever. I don't know what the hell he was doing. So he was in the bathroom with the door shut and I was like, um, okay, well, I'm like leaving and Bo's out here, but like just, I don't know, listen. And I was like, all right, Bo, buddy, I'm leaving. I'm going to go outside. He's like, no, no, no. Window? Like, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go say bye in the window? So then I went downstairs, got my bike, came back up. And I'm thinking, he's by himself. He's not with Ani or Cole. He's doing handstands on the television. Or Mark. He's like like smoking a doobie. He's doing something inappropriate. (laughs) Shotgunning a beer. And I pull... Up my bike, and I look at his bedroom window, and there he is by himself in the window doing his I love you sign and no adult supervision. So sweet. Oh my God, it murdered me. The whole thing where I was like, hey, buddy, (laughs) I love you. See you later. And he's just shaking his little I love you hand and saying, bye, bye, bye. (laughs) I can't really hear him because the window's shut. And it was like, oh my God, it was precious. And then he went and smoked a bowl. And once you rode away. And then he smoked yeah. that grass. Yeah. yeah. Sweet, sweet grass. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet grass. Um, I, I do have a fail. I also have a quiz for you. Oh. Which one do you want first? Fail. Okay. So we had uh, Chris's friend... Uh, Chris's like best friend, maybe, um, came and stayed with us. He lives in Philadelphia. He just came for a visit, came to meet Nellie, which was extra ridiculous because Nellie would not give him the time of day. Um, 
but he brought his girlfriend. And so the two of them came and stayed with us. And we did like uh, tourist things. We went to the zoo one day, you know, it was like a hundred degrees out. Great day to go to the zoo. Is this over the fourth? Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, we had a little cookout on the fourth and then they had bought us, uh, they had bought us all tickets to take the architecture tour, uh, on the boat, you know? So we were like, yeah, Nellie will be fine. Like packed her all these snacks. We had to pack her lunch cause it started at like 1145 or something. Like, great, got everything packed up, got her on the train, or, yeah, got her on the train, took her down there, gave her all this, like, Chris was like, well, let's just give her, like, some random things for lunch that we don't have to heat up. So it was sort of a farmer's lunch, you know, Mm. it was going to be, like, cheese and an apple and bread. Um, Forgot the bread, so... (laughs) Cheese and apple, and then like 800 Quacken bites, which are like the Whole Foods equivalent of goldfish. They're just ducks. Um, and just terrible. Uh, actually, they're fine, but they all taste stale for some reason. So she, uh, yeah. So we got down there, we we're like, oh, we forgot the bread. That was sort of a large part of the lunch, but that's fine. And then, so she was just like, she was so good on the boat and was just like reading her book and eating her snacks. And she was really into dipping the quack and bites into our beer and then feeding it to us like in a little Oreo. Um, She didn't eat any of them. So that was good. Um, That was my next question. And then, so the fail part of this is that we were like, oh, she was so good. And we were starting to walk back to the train. And um, our friend Jeremy was like, well, I want to take Naomi up to the signature room in the John Hancock building or whatever it's called now. That's a fail. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, great idea. Because, you know, it's like cost the same as going in the observatory, except you get a drink. And um, for some reason, I felt like, the only option was, yes, it is time for Nellie to go to home to take a nap, but you know what? I don't want to keep you from going to the signature room, so we will also go and everything will be fine. Oh, She's been no. so good up to now. She'll be fine. P.S. We forgot her pacifier. Oh, no. Um, not thinking the other option was, you, are, you lived in Chicago, for years, like that's how you and Chris met. Actually, no, it's not. Never mind. Scratch that. But you lived in Chicago for a very long time. You would be fine going to the Hancock on your own, and we'll just go home. Nope. I was like, gotta be a good host. We're all going. We'll stop at the CVS, get a new pack of pacifiers, and we just won't, you know, Boiling. sanitize them. I will. I will make this concession. We went to the CVS and they only had the big ones like Bo has. And Chris is like, it'll be fine. And I was like, she won't take that. She hates them. We tried to get her to move up to them before. And he was like, it'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So we like get up to the the 106th floor or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> up in the sky up there. And she just like, we get a table floor. and she That's just fine. like, Im- what is it? 96? 96. Oh, okay. Um, and she just immediately like, is over it. Loses it. Yeah. And she's like, rah, rah, and we're like, more quacking bites, my dear. Anything. You know, like trying to, and she just Sodium. was like, and it was like fully into nap time, like knowing that and also knowing we have a good hour. Even if we left now, it would take an hour to get home. Right. Like, we can't take a cab because no. we don't have a car seat. 
baby because we took the train down. Um, so it was just like Chris ate snacks with them and I would like walk around and I was like trying to like take her places out of the way because she was just being really whiny and it's just like, I don't know, like, and this is, I don't know, is this a humble brag? I don't know. Usually she's just so good out in public that when she's not, I kind of, I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. (laughs) And, um, and so I like tried to take her in the bathroom, but the bathroom's really crowded in oh. there, especially because it's the best view in Chicago, the women's room and the John yeah. Hayway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like took her in the bathroom, but it was even more crowded in there and like less noisy. So I took her back out and I kind of went to the maitre d and I was like, is there somewhere that would be better that I could like keep her from disturbing people? And he was like, no, it's not a big deal. It's so loud in here anyway. And then he like came back with a little askew Hewer, uh, like a like a garnish of like an orange and a strawberry that you would put in a some sort of cocktail to like give her as a snack. But it was so funny because it was on a little sword. Like, you, <laughs> I was like, "Thank would you." Would you like to murder your child with this? <laughs> um, so stupid. It was just I was like, "Why did I?" ever think that this would be fine like what did i think would happen that she would just be like oh good i love the view when you have people in town sometimes you forget that you're a parent and that you have responsibilities and nap times are like sure whatever time your friends i just had a friend in town too and i'm like they said do you want to meet at 1 p.m i'm like great party 1 p.m i know i have no conflicts with that (laughs) i know for a fact my child's asleep at 1 (laughs) p.m there you go we just, that is where the balance of former life and current life come into play. Yeah. God. Yeah. It was real stupid. It was a mess. But and actually, she was like kind of okay on the train. Like once we got her out Strangely. of there. Um, we did end up still leaving them there. Yeah. Like we were like, we just have to bail. If, if you want to stay here, you absolutely should. Like enjoy some grown up time not with this little monster. And Chris and I went home and she mostly was just kind of like, I mean, you had to like keep her entertained the whole time on the train, but she was good. But there was a guy sleeping next to me and a guy sleeping next to Chris. Oh my God. On the train. So she would just like stand on one of us and like careen over to the, toward oh the no. side and like look into their eyes or their sleeping closed eyes. And we'd be like, Lily, come back over come here. Come back over here. I don't want you to come over here. So stupid. Oh my God. It was Ugh. so stupid. Well, I fucked that up royally. Uh, oh, well. Um, it's okay. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well is exactly how you should look at it. It is. Yes. Though she all the time goes, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, and she was, oh, no. Oh, my. Oh, boy. <laughs> all in a row like that. Mm-hmm. Aw. Yeah. She was making us all hug her elephant last night, her stuffed elephant. She would be. She would hug it, and then she'd go, no, daddy. Oh. And then Chris would have to hug it. And then she'd go, no, mommy. And oh. I would have to hug it. And she'd go, no, Nelly. Oh. She'd hug it. And then she'd go, no, meow. And then Foof would have What's to. What's no, meow? Oh, meow. Gotcha. Yeah. Foof, Foof's name is meow. Meow. Yeah. That makes it. Yeah, that's what Goldie is, too. I'm like, are you mm. going to name the cat or what? And she's mm. just meow. Yeah. Or my nephew's named their dog, Sure, Sure, even though his name is Leche. I don't know. <laughs> sure, sure. The things. Sure, sure. Um, you just remind me of what could be my fail is that. I saw the gas prices when we were driving home on Sunday from brunch. Um, and they were going to drop me off at my rehearsal. I was like, oh, gas.
gas is four nineteen right now. Fuck. In Bowman. Fuck. <gasps> big in with oh, the exact boy. same engine ocean delivery. This happened one other time with Mark too when we met the missed the bus and Mark went. And Bo said, fuck. <laughs> so that would mean by fail and be like, oh my gosh, he's going to repeat whatever we say. Need to watch what I'm saying or I need to like figure out how I'm going to deliver that information to him. I'm not really sure what it is. To stop. We're doing it too. And she's, repe- I mean, she hasn't repeated anything like that, but she's repeating other things. So like, yeah, only, only time will tell. She did, though, the other day. She's really into, um, so we have these squeezy toys in the bathtub, like squirty ones, but mm-hmm. I I have the ones that break in half so you can, like, rinse them out and they don't get moldy. Thank God. But she, So she makes them into little cups, mm. little delicious cups of bath water, which I mm, think I've told you tasty. about before. Um, but now we have this weird, like, eczema oil that we put in the tub, so the tub's just, like, this greasy water. <laughs> and so she'll scoop it up and drink it. And I was like, no, Nellie. And I'm trying not to say no too much, except for things that are important. I was like, no, Nellie. So, which usually just means she'll say no and then do the thing. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, you know, kept being like, no, Nellie, don't drink the tub water. Please don't drink the tub water. And then she looks at me. And she she holds up this little cup of tub water and goes, no. And then looks, because uh, I was trying to get ready for this fucking uh, rehearsal dinner because waiting for the babysitter to come, but Chris is gone. So I'm like trying to like put on eyeliner and shit and have her in the tub. And she looks at me and just, just downs a little cup of tub eye. water and then goes, <sighs> no, no. No. Nelly. Ah. Yeah. And I wasn't even mad. I just thought it was so funny, mm. but also... Oof, that's the worst right uh, to laugh at their mistakes. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, All right. Should we take a break right now and then get to the getting while the getting is good? Yes, I will give your quiz it? next week. Remind oh, me. Okay, that's probably a good idea. I think we have like a Teaser. Yeah, we have a lot of content. All right. Don't study uh, anything in the following weeks. Probably won't. No problem. Bye. (laughs) Hello, everybody. We are back, and we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, This is Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Casey. Hi, Tristan. Hi. Hi. Of course. Thanks for being here. So Sam is here to talk to us um, about depression, more about the uh, concept of having depression before you get pregnant and getting that in check uh, to make your pregnancy and your prepartum life a little more successful, right? That's correct. All right. Sweet. So uh, Sam, first of all, let's talk a little bit more about the now coolness uh okay. what's, what's your sitch you got a you got a family or what <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have one of those um so i have a husband uh named nick we've been married almost 10 years Dang. um and yeah um and we have a little daughter named charlie who's coming up on two years old this fall mm. so i've really enjoyed this podcast guys because uh Charlie is right in between, came right after Bo and a little before Nellie. So it's really nice to hear your perspective because you're right in the thick of things with me and uh, our timeline over here. So I appreciate I appreciate what you guys put out there. Oh, thanks. We're like pioneers. <laughs> yeah, well, right? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be fair. If she's between, I'm the pioneer. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you're just the post-idiot. Post I don't know. <laughs> I'm the... I don't know what I am. Just bumbling along. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Not just the bottom of the sandwich. Everyone's Like the less different. delicious. Oh, and Sam and Charlie are the meat. Yeah. On Bo and Nelly bread. Aww. Maybe that's what it is. Exactly. Mm. So uh, Sam is a... Uh, a listener, thank you very much. But we also know each other through a mutual friend. Uh, and we had gotten talking about this subject of being slightly depressed, feeling depression before she got pregnant to the point, Sam, is this fair to say that you were questioning if you would go through the experience of pregnancy and motherhood? Yeah, absolutely. I think I went many years thinking that I would never, that we wouldn't have kids. And that that was our decision, but I think that that was primarily, at least from my perspective, because it wasn't an option for me because I had been sick for so long and it was such a kind of debilitating uh, experience that I always, certainly when I was going through it, I felt like, well, I'm not capable of being a mother because I could not take care of myself for so long. Um, And it wasn't until I got further and further away from that experience that I realized, like, not only, you know, am I stronger and capable uh, and I'm healthy now, it's that this is something I I do really want for myself. Mm. And then it was just a process of figuring out how to do that, um, you know, responsibly, knowing my history and that I was on medication and things like that. Right. So do you think that it was that do you think you had that like conscious of a notion that you're placing out there now where you're like, okay, I'm not healthy and therefore I shouldn't have kids. Or was it almost like deeper or further than that where you're just like not knowing anything about yourself? Like, did you realize the reason you didn't want to have kids? Uh, I think it was a bit of both. Like, I think my husband and I thought we were on the same page that like, oh, no, we're not going to do this ourselves. We're going to be really great aunts and uncles and kind of do our own thing. But I think deep down, a big part of that was that I didn't think I didn't think I wanted it because I didn't think I I had it in me to do it. You know, I didn't Uh. think I was capable of it. So I just kind of put it out of the realm of possibility for so long Mm -hmm. that it took, you know, it took uh, many years for it to be like, wait a minute, this is something we should actually uh, think long and hard about. And I think my husband had different reservations, probably also because he was kind of the caretaker for so long with my illness that I, I couldn't blame him for having reservations of, you know, postpartum depression is such a real thing. And, you know, there's so many things that change and challenges with parenting that I, um, I think even if he knew it or not, from my, I was always thinking like, well, of course he would worry that this is something that's going to be too much of a challenge for us Mm -hmm. or specifically for me being that he saw what I had already gone through and had kind of, you know, pulled me through the other side of that. So I think it was a scary thing for both of us, but from different points of view. And were you already doing like full therapy and meds and everything before you decided to, that you wanted to like go ahead and get pregnant? Yeah. So I, I had like a, maybe five or six year struggle with depression and anxiety. Well, that makes it sound like it was just in the past, but that's when it was kind of um, at its worst. And that was um, 
Um, basically, I started in grad school having really debilitating panic attacks. I was going to school full time and I was working full time. It was just a really heavy load. And that's kind of when things started for me. I saw a psychiatrist and a, and a therapist and dabbled with different medications. Um, but it kind of ebbed and flowed, you know, intensify and lessen over time, would come in waves. Um, and over time, the depression really took over. Um, the anxiety part of it, and it was it was pretty hard to function for a while. Oh. So, um, you know, I just I wouldn't get out of bed unless I had to. It was hard to, um, you know, difficult to shower. I gained a lot of weight. It was just um, my husband would actually like feed me my medicine in bed before I would get up, oh. um, just so that I could like start my day. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. And um, but a lot of what I came to learn is that, um, so I was actually hospitalized for depression after that period of time. And that's when things really turned around for me and I started to get better. But I went to, um, I basically went on, um, I went to visit family and, um, just was really struggling at this, this particular time. And it was one of those things where like, when you know when when you're supposed to be having fun and everyone around you is having fun mm -hmm. and you just can't get there, it almost like exacerbates your struggle. Yeah. And I was just like with family, thinking like, "What's wrong with me? There's nothing really wrong with me. Like, why can't you like get it together?" And I ended up just kind of breaking down in front of um, some relatives, and and it just kind of I went uh, had these long conversations with my mom, and she was the one that. Um, you know, after talking things through, said you really need to get out of where you are now, you know, get out of work, mm -hmm. get out of your routine and get this taken care of. So my psychiatrist was not supportive. Um, I asked him about, you know, inpatient care and he kind of said, and this was just over the phone, like while I was still at that family visit, he said, oh, they don't, you know, they don't really do that anymore. Um, it was really strange. What he just hell? tried to like refer me to... Well, listen, this is, it, it kind of starts to make sense after the fact because, uh, so I went to see my mother's psychiatrist and actually a depression runs in my family. My mom had similar um, experiences when I was a child and she was, she did an in, um, inpatient care for like a month. Um, so this is something that we've experienced, um, you know, when I was a child. Um, so I actually went to see her psychiatrist and he kind of um, got me admitted to um, to a, like a mental health facility. And the first thing they said when I got there, and it was really a process to kind of get all those things in motion, um, is that they said there's no reason that like an otherwise healthy young woman like yourself should be on all of these medications. I was on eight different medicines oh, at oh, that wow. time when I was admitted. All and for I depression and anxiety? Yeah, and I think my doctor was well-intentioned. Um, like, I don't think there was any, you know, maliciousness involved, but it was one of those things where he just kept tweaking what I was on, and it would be like, well, this medication will augment that one that you're on, and this uh. and that, and it was just like I was on this, like, cocktail of medicines, and no wonder I was in, like, this fog of, like, not being able to function because, you know, none of that was really ever necessary or right for me. Um, so the first thing they did, so it's really a good thing that I ended up in that hospital because otherwise I don't know how I would have been in the position where I could have basically detoxed, you know, they took right. me off of everything. They put me on one medication. It's the only thing I've been on ever since. And this is 
five years now. Um, and I just started, you know, getting better uh, with treatment. But um, anyway, that was that hospitalization hospitalization stay was five years ago. And um, it kind of changed everything for me. But I do think that particular psychiatrist was probably also protecting himself, saying like, oh, no, that because it doesn't make any sense that people don't seek treatment, you know, mm-hmm. um, inpatient. But I think, uh, yeah. I think wow. that guy's got some other stuff going on. And I probably yeah. just needed to get So what do we do about him real quick? We have to, <laughs> do we have to right. run us that guy? Like, um, is yeah. there any instinct that you have to call him up and be like, hey, excuse me, I just want to let you know how you fucked me royally with all these medications. Like, do you let him know? Do you, like, blast him on Yelp? Like, how does this work? It's a really good question. I've never taken any action. I've thought about it quite a bit. Um, another... Another knife in that one is that I paid all of that out of pocket. Um, oh, like I paid lots and lots of money to that particular doctor. Um, were the medications covered think, at least? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, some things were, but there was just a lot that wasn't. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, I don't. I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad doctor. Or I definitely would have taken you know real action if I felt like other people were at risk. I just think that we weren't a good fit. And I wasn't in a position to realize that at the time. I felt like I was in I was in bad shape, and I didn't have the strength to like start over with somebody. Like I knew that it wasn't great. I knew that I didn't really vibe with this guy, but I didn't I didn't feel like I had the strength to like start looking in the yellow pages and find a new doctor and meet. You know, it just it seemed like um, when I already was so down that that was like an unbearable change to kind of go through. But it does make me think like for, for somebody like me that, you know, has a lot of resources and a lot of support. um, It does make you think like, what about people that are like less fortunate and don't have access? Um, I don't know. Cause all of these hoops that I had to jump through um, were not easy. And it does just make you think about like mental health in general and the struggles that people with less resources and less access, you know, um, are up against but no so the answer is no I've never done anything um proactively with with that gentleman but um I'd be lying if I said it it, I don't think of him from time to time right and um they're not happy thoughts if I could just go back a little bit though um so you're saying like it wasn't on the table it wasn't what we knew was going to happen now in the meantime is it fair to say that your husband Nick was mentally well Oh yeah. So my husband was always mentally well in Mm -hmm. his, in his wellness. So he's helping you deal with yours and you're like, okay, kids are off the table. I got to do my own thing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids are off the table. Do you think now he was like actually wanting kids, but was doing what was best for you? Like, because obviously you ended up having a kid. So I'm just wondering if like he comes out eventually saying, I do want a child or how he went about his emotions with that. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, that's not how it went for him. I'd say Nick was always more in the no kids camp since we were young. And he kind of felt like I changed my mind. Like we kind of have different um, perspectives on like how things transpired right but he 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 was more in the in the um of the understanding that we weren't going to have kids and when I started talking about it after I had this like newfound 
um, healthy perspective. He was like, wait, what? Like, this is us, you know? Um, so it took a lot of, um, yeah, we, I mean, we talked it through quite a bit and, um, we ended up both being on the same page and thinking it was something we wanted to pursue. Huh. That's good. Yeah. I can totally see it being like, oh good. My wife's finally better. And now we get to enjoy our lives. Just us two happy people forever and always. (laughs) And then be like, what the fuck? Having a baby? Um, all right, great. So we've gotten to the point where you're starting to feel better. You're off your cocktail of prescriptions. You're feeling better. You're back home. Um, are you just resuming regular life? Are you working at this point? Yeah, so I took a six-week leave of absence. I took short-term disability. I did one week um, inpatient, which was, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Girls Interrupted, but it was kind of like that, but in Hmm. present day. uh, Like, it was a very lockdown facility. You know, it's just a very strange experience Mm -hmm. um, as far as, like, lining up to get your meds and group therapy and there's people going out for like ECT, you know, like the shock therapy. Like it was very really? uh, different for, for an other, yeah. for like an otherwise healthy person. I would say I slept most of the time because I was basically detoxing, you know, like I was not really in my right mind, but it was a strange week. Yeah. So, um, so I got out of there. You're talking to a lot of people that are in a different zone than you are, right? Like, if you're talking to other patients, you're just, like, not on the same wavelength or? Yeah, you're just all coming from different walks of life and different mental illnesses, and you're all locked up together in sessions all day, every day, and eating together. And, you know, like, no shoelaces, strip searches. Like, it was very, um, you know, hospital slash prison. Yeah, it feels like prison. Yeah. Is how you think of it. Um and being an otherwise, you know, healthy, uh, not prison-oriented human up until this point, that was a, a pretty different experience. Right. That leads me to my really... question, have you been to prison before? <laughs> I have not oh, yet. Okay, okay, got it. Yet, she mm-hmm. says. Yet. <laughs> yeah. So it was that one week uh, followed by four weeks of outpatient. Um, so I was home back in D.C. where I live, um, but I didn't resume work. I did... Uh, all day um, at like, uh, yeah, an outpatient hospital center, which it was also a group setting. Um, and it was kind of like a nine to five uh, program. God, that's uh, a, a long month. fucking time though. It was, but you know what? I think I, I just, I can't, it's hard to look back and think of like, I can't imagine any other way that it would have worked, you know, like mm-hmm. had I not, I, I can't imagine if I just tried to switch doctors or like, how would I have ever been able to come off all of those meds at once you know and how would Nick I mean we could barely like get through our days as it was for him to have to do all that with just me at home I don't know it just it was hard but I feel like it was all what kind of needed to happen for it to be such a radical change so quickly that's so great Um, did you feel that at the time were you like this is working or were you like this is hard and I hate it yeah. and but maybe it's working or like where where was your just like success uh yeah so I think I felt drastically better because you know when you're like the bottom of a pit you you feel better somewhat better quickly and I feel like um uh, and, uh but another big piece of that is that it was no longer a secret and 
that I think is hugely liberating because before I was hospitalized, Nick was the only one that really knew was in the know, basically. My mom um, knew about like the doctor and knew that I was on medication, but just kind of surface level stuff. And I'd say a few close friends as well, but nobody knew what life was like. Um, And you just have to hide it, you know? Um, Luckily, I mean, the stigma is obviously still there, but it's just, it's a real strange thing that like with other illnesses, everyone in your life knows and it's kind of the supported thing but with mental health it was still and it is often it's something you don't talk about so it was like this pretending that you're okay or pretending you're just tired or you know it's just it was really a lot to keep in so i i think a lot of why i felt better so quickly was just because i could talk about it you know my Mm -hmm. brothers knew for the first time and my dad knew and it was just people would call to ask how I was and it was just kind of, it was just nice to be Mm -hmm. able to acknowledge like it was just, you know, what was really happening was finally like talked about. Yeah. Um, You came out. That was a little bit. Yeah, it it was. I I bet that's, that's the closest I can relate, you know, that you feel like you're, you're living your true self for the first time after so many years of, of kind of keeping it quiet. And it's amazing that you have to do that because if someone diagnosed you with cancer, you would go to your family right. and say, hey, guess what? I have cancer. We're going to fight this and get through this. It's going to be okay. Yeah. But this is what I have. But when someone tells you you have depression, you're not like, hey, everybody, guess what I found out? Yeah. You know, and we right. look at it in a different and way. And it's not to say that all those same people wouldn't have been supportive had I approached it that way, right. but it's just not the way. And certainly like work, you wouldn't go in and say like, Hey, I'm just super depressed, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's not, um, yeah, it's not looked at the same. Right. Gonna so, need some time off. Um, Cause I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's so different. Right. I did a, I did actually a suicide walk for, uh, the out of darkness, I like raised money, did the walk and everything. Mm -hmm. And I ran into somebody that I knew. And if I ran into somebody that I knew and I did like the breast cancer walk, it'd be like, oh, hey, why are you doing this? Oh, my aunt died of breast cancer. Okay, well, I'm here because my mom's best friend just died of breast cancer. Okay, great. At the suicide walk, it was like, oh, shit. Why are you here? You know, and it's like Mm -hmm. this totally different vibe where you like don't want to talk about it. So strange how that's the the topic we don't speak on. Yeah, I do think it's improving, but um, yes, slowly, very, very slowly. It's Mm -hmm. definitely still, uh, it just makes people uncomfortable, you know. Um, Sorry. don't really have have the vocabulary for it. Um, Yeah. It's, it's not easy, but so I say I, I, I thought I was feeling much better more quickly than I was. And I, I uh, changed jobs probably sooner than I should have. Cool. Good time um, for I that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm back. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, six within six months, I changed jobs. Yeah. And that was a little much. So then I, I'd say I kind of hit a wall. So it was up and down a little bit. And then nine months after my hospitalization, I, um, I quit drinking and that was like also huge for me. I was just, um, you know, I wouldn't say I ever had a drinking problem, but I think you could say I was a heavy drinker since I was a teenager and drinking was definitely just a big part of my life. Um, whether it's a couple glass of wine or, you know, brunch or just socially drinking, but with the medications, with my, with my, health history um Mm -hmm. it never it just 
I had never really um, seriously considered stopping. Um, it didn't seem like that was something I could do. Or, you know, I was one of those right. people that, like, didn't really trust people that didn't drink. Like, it was just <laughs> like, hmm, what's that about? You know, like, it was just, it was just a part of my life. And, but I started to just really acknowledge how how badly it made me feel and it really took me to like some dark places when I thought I was getting better and I think it just really scared me a few times I had a couple episodes where I just wouldn't even drink that much but um didn't like didn't like who I was then and I just stopped and I would say that was the biggest game changer of all but really anybody that's on all that medic like even just the one medication like Mm -hmm. it just it doesn't make sense um, it didn't well. make sense for me. Mm-hmm. Let's say that it didn't make sense for me. I stopped drinking. I never looked back. Now I can have a glass of wine here and there, but um, it's it just it improved with like you know clarity of thought and not living with hangovers and sleeping better and obviously just not going to those deep dark places was um, I'd say life changing. It right. was really huge for me. That's so awesome. did Good did yeah. you seek help to quit the drinking or were you just like one day, okay, that's I figured out that this is unhelpful and I'm done with it? Yeah, I didn't I just stopped and I I never said like this is forever or this is for I had I literally I don't think I had ever gone more than a couple of days. Like I had never done those dry January or whatever. I, I was really, yeah, I had never done anything like that, but I tried not to put any, I tried not to qualify it. Like I didn't say, this is what I'm going to do. I just said, I'm not going to drink today. We'll see how this goes. Mm -hmm. And I really think if I didn't feel so much better, like it has such a positive impact that I just, I don't know. I just kind of never looked back. So it just, it just built on itself. And then I was like, whoa, it's been two months already. Well, it's been six months. Like it was really like the shocking Mm -hmm. accomplishment um, because it was, like I said, so much a part of my life for so many years. Right. Um, And clearly you have a very supportive husband, but he's supporting you through the depression. Did he have a reaction to the quitting drinking? I think he was just really impressed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think he was surprised, but I don't, he never, you know, he drinks, probably less than he did at that time for sure um it made him take like a look at things but um it's not like you know when people get pregnant and they don't want their partners to drink like obviously I didn't have that because I had already stopped drinking but it's it's never affected me um like I I don't know I never needed to like stay away from it I I can still like it took me some time to like uh go out to a bar and be comfortable you know um but no, I'd say my husband was definitely, like, probably shocked and impressed um, that I was able to do that. And, you know, the longer it went on, like, it was just like, wow, you you really did this. But, um, and it definitely changed his habits in that he, like, cut back. Cause, and, you know, we saved some money because I was a much cheaper date. Than, um, <laughs> For sure. Dropping twice as much on booze and food at restaurants right away. But, um <laughs> Yeah, that was probably the biggest change. That's great. So then, so you're sober now, but not like, I'm sober, just like, I'm not drinking, Um, which is like sober. Um, uh, And so you're out of your inpatient and you got a new job and you're like, let's have a baby. So then take us to the pregnancy. How did, did you, oh, sorry, go ahead. How was your pregnancy? Did you feel, did you get like spikes of depression or anything like that? 
Yeah, well, the first thing I did is I went, I made an appointment with, um, I knew that if I got pregnant, I wanted to use this particular midwives practice that I had some friends use um, here in D.C. And I was really concerned. I just wanted to be informed about being on antidepressants. And, you know, I know people make different decisions. Um, but really, um, I wanted to just talk to people to see what I should do uh, to, you know, be smart about conceiving yeah. and having a healthy baby. Uh, so I went, I had an appointment with the mid, I also wanted to get in with the midwives because in the past they had had like waiting lists and things because um, there are only so many midwives. So I went and um, they told me what they could tell me, but they said we, they basically referred me to a psychiatrist who specialized in kind of reproductive health. Um, and cool. I went and I talked to her and she's been my psychiatrist ever since. So we made, um, a plan, you know, after talking to her for a couple of sessions that made the most sense for me. And we decided that I would not, so some people go off of medication, um, when they want to get pregnant or when they get pregnant, we decided that, um, I should stay on it given my history, but that we would reduce my dosage by half. Um, so we cut down my medication um, and it's one of those things that there just isn't a lot of science. There isn't a lot of data out there um, on what effects different medications have. And the medication I am on and have been on for years um, is a newer one. It's a newer classification. So it's not like that typical antidepressant. Like there just wasn't much information. Mm -hmm. um, but we we kind of made the best game plan for me. And I knew that I would have this particular psychiatrist monitoring me throughout my pregnancy. She'd be there with me. Like we kind of had a plan for the early challenges, um, making sure you have, we talked about how like not all support is created equal, make sure you have the right kind of support, mm -hmm. um, have a lactation consultant, just some of those things right. that in the early days can be really difficult and, uh, and that she would be monitoring me closely because I would be at risk for postpartum depression. Um, but really we just started with the medication, um, drop and I was going to try that for a few months. And then we thought, then we'd like, you know, try to make a baby and it happened very quickly um and yeah my pregnancy was good I didn't um I say my depression was totally under control um yay uh, I just tried to take care of myself I was really sick um just physically you know quote morning sickness which is all the time sickness mine was for yeah. 25 26 weeks heard of it um but then yeah <laughs> but then once I got through that I had a pretty you know just run-of-the-mill healthy pregnancy um I was very large they were telling me I was measuring at 97 percent and um my baby showed up about four weeks early hey, uh, I think my due date was off yeah oh, really? I think that she was yeah, when we when the pediatrician checked her out, like before we were discharged from the hospital, he was like, "Oh yeah, that's definitely you know they do like a checklist." The full term baby. Like, oh, she's, <laughs> she's definitely thirty seven weeks. I'm like, well, no wonder I was nineties, but I was. She's like, "Hi, baby. mama." <laughs> <laughs> right, doing sign language out the womb. Um, no, she. Uh, yeah, so I was only thirty six weeks in a day, so she was very much. Um, a surprise for us who had nothing ready but as far as my health and my mental health everything was under control Amazing. and smooth sailing mm -hmm. now one thing you said that i don't want to completely skip over because i don't know that everyone would 
I mean, it sort of seems obvious, but maybe it's not. You said if you had depression in the past, are you actually more likely to have postpartum depression or are those two unlinked in your knowledge? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a link in just that it's part of your health history, you know, just like they would ask you any other questions. Yes, I would say there's definitely um, a higher chance of just having, of, of, yes, there's a higher chance okay. because that's part of your... And so then was the postpartum anything that you ended up experiencing? It was not. Nope. Damn, nothing? Wow, that's great. Nothing. But I will say um, that Charlie, we say Charlie came into this world knowing that we couldn't handle much. And she really <laughs> on us. Be chill, so dude. We had, uh, we had one of those little angel babies. That's amazing. Uh, sorry. She is a peanut but, yeah. and a cutie pie. Now, um, did it affect anything like with your medication? You said you were on a lower dosage while you were pregnant. So did it affect mm-hmm. anything postpartum with breastfeeding? No, no, I I actually have never, I haven't changed my medication since we reduced it, you know, when I, before I even conceived. Um, and no, I, so no breastfeeding, I had no problems, everything. Um, I mean, there's definitely, the baby definitely gets some of your medication, mm-hmm. um, but how it's a very small amount. Um, right. If that makes sense. So, but no, everything, um, everything was good. And I just saw my doctor. I, you know, stay on top of my health and diet and exercise and that all stuff, as you can imagine. Yes, of course. So one of the reasons we had originally talked about you coming on the podcast was because your story is interesting and there are other women out there that have not conceived yet that are thinking about it, but they're concerned because they might be depressed or dealing with their depression currently, maybe dealing with it, maybe not dealing with it, but knowing that they're depressed and knowing that like, because of that, they're, they have a concern that there isn't the possibility for them to become mothers one day. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talked about having you on. So is there anything that you could say to any woman out there that is feeling that right now? I think I would say that you have to take care of yourself first, um, but it's really hard that that you shouldn't, in retrospect, I would never um, say this is never going to happen for me because we all go through lots of different phases and seasons of life and circumstances change. So how you feel right now Um, I don't know, what do they say? Like this too shall pass, but I think you have to take care of yourself before you can take more on, just like they say with motherhood, you know, like you can't put yourself last or you're not going to be good to anybody. Um, so I would just say that thinking something is out of the question because it's, it's not in your foreseeable future doesn't mean that, um, yeah, it doesn't mean it's out of the question. So take care of yourself, seek help and um you know get the support that you need and just give yourself uh some time and and patience you know like be gentle on yourself mm-hmm. and um take it one day at a time that's what i would say yeah yeah that's beautifully put yes, that's <laughs> really great so one last thing mm-hmm. is as you know because you listen to the podcast we want to hear a mom win and a mom fail 
It can be from today. It could be from the past two years. Anytime that you want, give us a nice mom win and mom fail in whichever order you would prefer. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I wish I had like a funny little mom fail. I think I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a bigger one that I don't like talking about, but um, I just think it's also important in, um, it's one of those things that people don't talk about enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And that is that I dropped my baby when she was a newborn. So (gasps) So scary. um, Yeah. But so I'll I'll set the scene. I, you know, it was like a midnight or uh, a feeding and I would burp her and then put her back in her bassinet. Um, but, you know, we would both fall asleep with her on my chest and from time to time. And I remember my husband would say, like, you got to put her back. You got to put her back. And it it was literally the I think so. he was probably home for two weeks and he was sleeping down in the basement um, because he was going back to work the next day. They wanted a good night's sleep. Yes, I fell asleep. She was on my chest, and she rolled off oh. and hit the floor oh. as a two-week-old. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and it was horrible. Um, I mean, she was fine. She was scared. Um, she Probably not yeah, as scared as you were. Awful. Yeah, I think <laughs> that you were the most scared party, I'm sure. Yeah, it was uh, it was awful. But oh. you look up, and I couldn't. I was up all night. I didn't. Go, I don't know why I didn't wake him up, but for some reason I was like, no, you know, trying to do him sleeping. a favor. And he, I mean, she went back to sleep. She was fine. I called the pediatrician as soon as you know they were open. They didn't want me to bring her in, but and everything was fine. But you literally Google like dropped newborn or dropped baby, and it is like ubiquitous out there. Oh. I just think that it's important for people to know that it happens and that like you really do need to take precautions um, and that it is important. I mean, do whatever works for you, but just know that it's a re- it's a real thing and that it's very common. You yes, know, for it's very common. Babies. Just like, hey, segue, depression. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, I wish I had like a light, funny mom fail. I feel like it's kind of important to say that one. No, I think that's amazing. Especially just like on the theme that we're on right now. It's like, just like, we don't like to talk about one thing. You don't like to talk about another thing. These, both these things fucking happen. Let's talk about them. A good deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now do you have a and win And she for was so small. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was so small, but she was totally fine. Um, but I was, you know, it was a really rough 24 hours for a new mom to feel like I had just, you know, oh, broken God. my baby right. or something. But um, anyway, I promise I didn't stay with me for two years. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think about it every day on the reg. Right. But, um, oh, on brighter news, my mom win would have to be that I left my job. So I had a pretty kind of all-consuming um, job when I had the baby and when I was pregnant. Um, and I went back to work after maternity leave. And I'd say I left. I, I was there for at least six months. And I just decided that um, it was it was too much, that I wasn't really um, – I wasn't really around even when I was around, you know, Um, and I just, I needed to make a big change. So I walked away from it and it was kind of, it wasn't what I wanted to do, you know, for the rest of my life, but I just, it was pretty secure in that I had room to grow and, um, you know, it was comfortable in that sense. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I knew that um, that I needed to make a change. So I told them I was resigning, and I did six months where I consulted for my former employer, more at like 30 hours a week uh, with Charlie still in daycare. A lot of people think like I became a stay-at-home mom. Well, that's not an that wasn't an option, um, nor would I have really wanted that. But then I had a lot of guilt because. Not not only was I not in the office, but I was still like farming my child out to childcare. <laughs> um, but but honestly, just the change of going from working like eighty hours a week to thirty hours a week was um, huge. huge for me. And yeah, at this point, it's been a year. So I did that for six months, just the thirty hours, and then I've done some short term consulting gigs. Um, I'm hoping to start a new job in August, which will be full time. So essentially, it will have been about a year that I stepped back. And I think it was the best decision that I made for me and for my family. And it just allowed me to breathe a little easier and be much more intentional about, you know, parenting and motherhood and all of that good stuff. So I'm ready to jump back in. But um, yeah, it's been it's been great. I'm very grateful to have the... uh, opportunity and you know the support to just make that happen it wasn't easy I think I gave my husband uh he's like not again she's gonna do something crazy again um but um yeah I he was very supportive and um there's a lot of stress and pressure that comes along with not having that financial security but all in all it was the best uh best decision that I made absolutely well good I'm calling it a win Good for you on all points, like for that, for getting your depression in check and doing what you needed to do for yourself. That's amazing. And for sharing it with others. Absolutely. Um, So thank you to Sam. If you are out there listening to this and you're a person that's thinking about like your depression, first of all, call a professional. But if you think that you're already working with a professional and you just like want a little uh, further tips on like what you need to do to get yourself in a place where you can maybe conceive, you can absolutely reach out to us and we can um, relay any questions that you may have. You can email us baddestmothers at gmail.com. You could also check out these uh, the resources that Sam is going to send us on any of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They're all at Baddest Mothers. That's about it. If you have another idea for a guest or a concept that you'd like us to speak on, please let us know. Thank you so much for vis- visiting. I don't know. Ear visiting. <laughs> E-visiting. Ear visiting. Uh, whatever. You guys are great. Thanks. We are Baddest, Baddest Mothers in the Room. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Nellie, can you say bye-bye? She's waving.